0: Hey, this is your host, Basically Whack. I hope you enjoy my show. She whack as fuck. What's going on everyone? This is your host, Basically Wack. Today I went to an event. It was called Cannabis in the Community, and this was in regards to the new law that was passed in Illinois for recreational cannabis and they gave information for the law in regards to the law and how we could go about the cost and how can we go about you know doing a dispensary or growing all that type of stuff and in regards to the um what did they say uh, for the expungement of you know in regards to weed. So this was a lot of great information and I would like to share it with you. Here you go. With Latoya Greenwood. Alright, thank and you. We'll
1: have you. So I'm Latoya Greenwood. I represent the mighty 114th district and um, very proud to do so. Today we're gonna give a overview of the legislation uh, that will go into effect in 2020. And just try to um, let you know what's coming ahead of time and if you have any questions, we can certainly address those uh, this afternoon or at least try to do so.
2: And so I'm going to uh, let Senator Belt start it off. Good morning. As State Representative Greenwood said, I'm Chris Belt. Uh, We're just uh, we're we're looking to give an overview, a general overview of House Bill 1438, which is the adult use uh, uh, cannabis bill. And so what we're going to do, I'll give an overview. We'll go over some of the generalizations and things like that. Uh, but then when we get to the end, we'll do a question and answer, because I know we may miss some of the questions that you guys have. So again, overview of the act, House Bill 1438. Uh, The act legalizes the sale, possession, and use of cannabis by persons 21 and older for recreational purposes and provide for rap, rapid expansion in the number of cannabis retailers the act sets tax rates on both wholesale which is the cultivators and retail which is the dispensaries it also authorizes counties and municipalities to Im- impose local taxes on retail sales primary license uh licenses authority for cannabis businesses is reserved to the state while local governments are granted uh, limited authority to regulate cannabis business through zoning, which we'll talk about a little later, uh, the act also uh, takes state and local law enforcement agencies with expunging decades of criminal records involving minority, uh, minor cannabis offenses. So there's a big social equity part in there as well, and we'll get to that as well
1: like interject on um, certain things that he says. So when we talk about the uh, local municipalities, so you may read uh, in the local newspapers that different municipalities within our area are um, making decisions now whether or not they're going to uh, allow uh, for, is it dispensaries or what is fair value?
2: The dispensary. Yeah, allowing
1: dispensaries uh, in their cities or locations. So it's up to the municipality to create laws around the the law that are going to affect in 2020. Also, if you may have read that Cook County, uh, the state's attorney there, is just doing an amazing thing in terms of expungement. And so we should be hearing about that too as well, you know, getting a response from our own uh, state's attorney on how we're gonna move forward with the law once it's
2: in effect. Also too, in regards to the opt out of any municipality, you can opt in, you can opt out, but do understand even if you opt out, the state law still requires your residents to be able to use mm-hmm. as long as it, if they're in their private so even if, if Fairview Heights, O'Fallon, because I know O'Fallon was in the paper about thinking about opting out. If they opt out, they're citizens because it's still state law. They still can use uh, recreational marijuana. And when we talk about use, um,
1: as of January 1st, 2020, Illinois residents over the age of 21 will be allowed to possess up to 30 grams of raw cannabis, five grams of cannabis concentrate or cannabis-infused products containing up to 500 milligrams of THC. So it's all with uh, with the details of the legislation, but there are limits in quantity uh, amounts on how much is allowable. All permitted cannabis products must be purchased from a licensed dispensary. Adults 21 and over will be allowed to consume cannabis on private property, away from minors in certain prohibited areas.
2: That's
1: what's allowed.
2: So then, we know what you can do, here's what you can't do. Uh, You can't consume cannabis on school grounds, we know that, and if you do, and then a penalty enhancer will kick in. You can't consume in close proximity to people under 21, okay? So your use has to be relegated to people who are 21 and over. Uh, Obviously, you can't sell to minors under 21. Uh, There's a reason we called it uh, adult use, uh, 21 and over. Uh, You can't do home delivery, uh, because it's federally, it's still a a crime. Uh, So it's just the state of Illinois. Uh, Possession and consumption by a minor under the age of 21, other than medicinal purposes. Uh, You cannot possess cannabis in a motor vehicle unless the cannabis is sealed, odor-proof, child-resistant, tamper-evident cannabis container and reasonably inaccessible. And obviously you can't drive under the influence of cannabis. And so we,
1: received a lot of questions about employment. And um, so you still have to adhere to the employment rules and procedures of employment agencies. So uh, say for instance, school districts, if their policy is that it's a drug and and smoke-free environment, you still have to adhere to that. You still have to take uh, the necessary employment in processing procedures that they have. And so, um, if you test positive for marijuana, they still can not employ you um, at their agency because it's based on employment and procedures that they have.
2: All right, so zero tolerance, It, it, it really all it's based on is whatever your uh, your job has in place. So mm-hmm. if this is zero tolerance, you cannot same way you can't come to work uh, right. drunk, you can't come to work in right. with. Um, the expungement of law enforcement. Uh, so one of the big things uh, about the Illinois, and, and let me just say, Illinois is the first state to have done uh, recreational or allowed rec- recreational marijuana to go through their General Assembly. Usually it's done by a referendum, by a vote of the people. We're the first one. And we're also, you know, I'm not biased. I don't want to be biased, but I may be. But we're, we're the gold standard. I mean, because we put a lot of things in place. We've had the benefit of looking at others, uh, Nevada, California, Colorado, we looked at them all and we tried to draft uh, a bill that took in account of everything. And so, uh, this whole social equity piece and, and the <coughs> idea of giving uh, areas that were disproportionately affected by the national war on drugs, uh, you'll see that come up again and again in different aspects of this law. Uh, also as well in, in looking at people that's been uh, probably again disproportionately impacted by that war on drugs. There's a good social equity piece here. And so um, the the act mandates that the Illinois State Police and other law enforcement agencies automatically expunge all criminal history records of an arrest, charge not uh, initiated by arrest, order of supervision, or order of qualified probation for a minor cannabis offense. If one year or more has elapsed since the date of the arrest or law enforcement interaction documented in the record, no criminal charges were filed relating to the arrest or law enforcement interactions or criminal charges were filed and subsequently dismissed or vacated or the uh, arrestee was acquitted. Minor cannabis offenses are violations of the Gifts Section of the Cannabis Control Act concerning not more than 30 grams of any substance containing cannabis, provided that the violation did not include a penalty enhancement on school grounds. Uh, under Section 7 of the Cannabis Control Act uh, is not associated with arrest, conviction, or other disposition for a violent crime as defined. In subsection, and they give those things. What we're looking at is quite possibly 770,000 uh, expungements. Wow. Uh, 770, 000, 000. If, they're not, if they're not connected with uh, prohibitive things like penalty enhancements or, or, or forcible felonies, violence or felonies or things like that, with the stroke of a pen, the governor can wipe those slates clean. So that's awesome.
1: Another um, big piece when we talk about promoting um, equity with this piece of legislation is that through the uh, DCEO department, they they will administer a low interest loan program to qualify social equity applicants to defray the cost, the startup cost associated with entering the licensed cannabis industry because there is a hefty fee when you are trying to obtain your license um, for cannabis. Also, um, they did create a new program around restoring our communities program because like Senator Belt mentioned, uh, areas such as um, East St. Louis and Centerville, those type of communities have been devastated by um, the war on drugs and many people went to jail for some of the, the things that we are now legalizing. And so this program um, would reinvest in communities that have suffered the most because of discriminatory drug policies. So that was another um, thing that was really groundbreaking with the legislation that we were able to do um, around this cannabis issue.
2: Well. At this time, I will bring uh, Jeff Collier up, let him speak, uh, and then um, we'll go from there, and at the end, we'll take questions. Thank you.
1: And we keep referring back to these, uh, our papers, because the bill is very expansive, one, and there's a lot of details within the legislation. And We want to make sure, and after it is officially in effect, we'll make sure we put out on social media and maybe host other workshops and informational, so that everyone knows what's exactly included in the legislation. But um, as far as social equity and opportunity, I think it has did a great job in addressing that for communities like the ones we represent.
3: the support that they've given organized labor and the support that they've given in St. Louis. Uh, Most representatives and senators don't even work together, let alone do as many offensive functions as they do. Uh, I remember coming up in the city and they always used to say, well, what are they doing? Well, they are doing So what brings me up here? How about this? Uh, I work with the United Food and Commercial Workers, Local 881. We were a grocery store uh, in that uh, represents Snuff Shop and Save the you Birds. How know, do uh, we get into the cannabis industry? That's interesting, and I see now that I may be on Facebook Live and being recorded, so I got two lawyers. <laughs> and Lloyd Quido, who will interrupt me at any time when I say anything that is left field, please. Because, uh, they are friends of labor. But most importantly, they are my actual personal friends. And so I thank these guys for showing up on my behalf. Uh, Thank you. Thank you for your services. All right, so what are we here for? We at Local 881, because of uh, Governor Princeton legalizing uh, marijuana, we have been getting jurisdiction over all of the dispensaries and cultivation centers uh, in the state of Illinois. I'd like to first also acknowledge Kendall Perry, the Chief of Police. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for coming. uh, We definitely have a a negative connotation to break when it comes to the acceptance of marijuana in our community. Uh, I remember Officer Lindsey Stewart, uh, he passed away a year ago. Officer Lindsay Stewart was my dare instructor at Officer Side Elementary School, Duke Nine, where uh, we suffered tremendously because of the epidemic that came in our neighborhood. Uh, Officer Stewart was there to help save us, young no men and women, to tell us to just say no. And the reason he was put up against that was because, like they mentioned, there was an illegal war on drugs that attacked and targeted our communities. So it is uh, one of the most groundbreaking moments for me to stand up here and tell you all that I would be representing the weed (laughs) man. It's very humbling because I saw what this particular drug did to my friends. I saw when individuals try to go and apply for a job, they had to check that box because they had that flower. Mm -hmm. And what used to give young men 20 Mm -hmm. years is now about to give somebody 20 million Mm dollars that they can put on their books. Mm -hmm. So with that being said, I'm here because I'm emotionally attached to it and I'm also professionally attached to it. What does that look like for us? And what do I know about this industry? Well, in 2014, we worked with a governor, Bruce Rauner, who we all put thumbs down to. Bruce Rauner was forced was forced to vote medical marijuana in the state of Illinois. He released it in 2014. I was on the front line of that with UFCW. Uh, 2014, at my mother's kitchen table, I took a 90 quiz test to be certified in cannabis. How does that look? (laughs) Mother, what am I doing? I'm studying to pass a test to be certified in cannabis. I don't know if we even had a conversation after that, but nonetheless, I'm certified. I was certified in 2014. I went through the training that uh, we, we desperately need because what brought unions into this, unions historically are responsible for all of the rights that you have today. 40-hour work week. It used to be from sunup to sundown. Overtime laws. What is that without a union participating in Springfield or Washington? Child safety laws. OSHA all of these things are enforced by unions and I can tell you that in the dispensaries coming up in LA where they were trying to do this and mass-produce just as we're getting licenses to do by the way we've always had cannabis in our community it hasn't gone anywhere it has been here and this is nothing new only difference is we want to make sure that the people that are working in the industry the workers are actually compensated because of the travesty that happened to the generation before them who did the same thing. What we're looking for now, Governor Priscilla has even said that those dispensaries that open up, they have to, they don't have to, but it will give them extra points if they have a labor peace agreement. Meaning that if they contact the union, sit down with a union and allow us to represent their workers, uh, more than likely you'll get the you'll get the uh, license. With that being said, the jobs also have to provide health insurance. The jobs have to provide pension. Now I'm going to say it again, a pension <coughs> in 2019, yeah. that's unheard of. Mm-hmm. We are now in a position to represent workers who are and will be required to have a pension. Meaning that the workers that are going to be working in this industry will be well trained. Because the days are over where you had to hide your flower in your electric lights <laughs> and have every tripwire, every electrical fire risk burning you up. People have burned their arms and face off because they tried to do this. Those days are over. And we're gonna push this and we're gonna push this plant because it never should have been labeled a drug in the first place when fentanyl and all the other drugs that were chemically made and were covered on insurance and would give it to people like candy. When they got to the flourish through the neighborhoods, nobody said a word. It was accepted. But when somebody decided to grow a plant, the connotation was that life is over. We want to change that. Right now we want to actually get workers who are trained by your local a one United Food and commercial workers. Thus we have already sent our staff out on many tours to find out what does it look like to safely run an industry that grows marijuana? It sounds fun, and if you've ever tried it, please do not admit it right now, too many cameras around. <laughs> if you've ever tried it, you know that it is a very tedious process. So the jobs that are going to be created will go towards people of the community that come through us who want to get trained. Uh, I'm run with uh, our staff, Wesley Tart. He's a representative down in Marion, Illinois. Uh, he's working with people in Carbondale as we speak to help train the facility. We have Anna Brown, who is new to our staff. She's also just catching the ball and doing whatever she needs to do. She's fairly new with us, but she's picked the ball up and rolled with She's here today, taking notes. We are actively involved throughout the entire state to talk about this issue. So one of the things that we're doing is we're currently, right now, letting the community know, tap on us because we can answer the questions. Since 2014, I've been answering questions on cannabis. It's been blowing my mind for five years, mm-hmm. but today we are literally saying that we do have a dispensary in Effingham, Illinois, that is local 881, and a template contract has already been made up, and it will be the template for the entire state. So, with that being said, jobs, jobs. Mm-hmm. What does this look like? And this is why I need you guys right here. Okay, I need you guys. What does it look like to have individuals who have been Devastated by this flower. What does it look like for them to receive training from an international union staff of 40,000 members to obtain a job in the same field that ruined their life? What does it look like for them now to succeed at that level? I guess I said something right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead and go, and I'll just interrupt. What does that look like? Because what we don't want to see is. People, and I represent Local AD1, but I also represent Jeff Collier as well. People are not going to be thrilled off seeing the same millionaires prosper off of this drug because the same millionaires and billionaires that were in the 90s, they look the same in 2019. There has been an industry where nobody is questioning that. That is legal and it should be, but the industry, we cannot have the industry in this city looking like it did years ago because the population has changed. We need to get our people in this city, who have invested their time in this city, education in this city, we need to get them to the forefront to say they want to be a part of this too, because that is what this is all about. Uh, the negative connotation, I understand, is going to be here. Uh, my mother and I have had many conversations about what does this look like. Uh, we've had honest conversations about what this looks like. This looks good. Mm-hmm. This looks good. Because now, people will be coming to Illinois to work. Where there are businesses, there are other ventures that entrepreneurs cannot wait to see. When there is a central ground breaking up, where jobs will descend, not just jobs, but careers will descend on this city. Can you imagine the the motivation is going to give entrepreneurs in this city. Can you imagine what it's going to give the high schoolers? Can you imagine what it's going to do for the college? Because if you read anything on Facebook, because most of it is true, some of it is false. But what is true is Colorado spent $3 billion fixing hmm. their roads, meaning that many families did not have to be on unemployment because construction was down, because we had a state that was broke. Does that sound like Illinois like four years ago? Mm-hmm. Does it sound like Illinois like four years ago? Well, today, in less than one year, uh, these guys and the governor, and he couldn't have done it without them, like Chris said earlier, it used to just get passed just off a of referendum. These guys had to actually fight for this to happen in the General Assembly. And, guys, I just want to say before I leave, thank you so much for doing this. Guys, you worked so hard on this. I really want to turn it over to these guys. They worked so hard behind the scenes. Alex and Lord. please, 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 just, just a couple of seconds.
4: Um, What Jeff didn't tell you is he promised us samples. (laughs) 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 Uh, uh, um, I want to also second uh, the sentiment by Jeff and uh, thank Senator Bell, thank uh, Representative Greenwood. Um, I can safely say that uh, Illinois is the 11th recreational marijuana state in the nation, but this law is the most progressive, yes. the most well thought through, uh, the most tightly regulated, uh, while creating economic uh, opportunities for the citizens uh, of any of the 11 states that So, one more time, thank you to the representative. you, uh, you, say, you please, yeah. or your palm, please? Sure. Yeah. Sure. Uh, Boyd Cuido, and Alex Alex. Alex um, and, and I'll let Alex kind of give his credentials here okay. in a second, but. Um, As an attorney, uh, a lot of what I have done uh, has touched on this industry. Um, In my private practice, I've represented businesses who sought to participate in the medical industry. uh, and and currently work with businesses looking to to participate in the new recreational industry. Uh, But more importantly, uh, I work part-time for the Public Defender here in St. Clark County. Uh, I also do criminal defense uh, in my private practice. Uh, It cannot be overstated how important the expungement provisions of this law are. As Senator Belt said, 770,000 people uh, will have an automatic right to expungement. Uh, That means that if if you were uh, convicted of possessing 30 grams or less, you don't even necessarily have to file paperwork. Mm -hmm. The Illinois uh, Bureau of Prisons uh, is going to be on top of it immediately in coordination with the Governor's Office to start training up people's criminal records. and I think everybody here in the room can appreciate the domino effect that has. <laughs> Likewise, uh, if you have a conviction for 30 grams up to 500 grams, uh, you still have the right uh, to petition for expungement. Uh, it's not an automatic right; to where the paperwork it's just uh, initiated by the Bureau of Prisons. But in coordination with your local state's attorney's office, you do have the ability to expunge your record as well. Um, I think in years past. When people talk about legalizing marijuana, the, the conversation always went like this. Um, well, sure they can do it, but how are you gonna make up for all the guys who got locked up because they had weed? This law is not consider They say, okay, sure, now they're gonna, uh, they're, they're gonna legalize it, but it's just gonna be the same rich guys who, who come in and, and take over the industry and, and get the licenses, and none of us are gonna see a benefit. That's been thought through in this fall. Um, that has been thought through in that there is a weighted advantage to businesses whose ownership or staff members have been affected by the war on drugs. There is actually a weighted benefit to that in the application process. Uh, it's been thought through that there is going to need to be a whole new workforce trained in this industry. Okay, uh, My friend Jeff said jobs, job, jobs, job, And the one step prior to jobs is education. Uh, and this bill actually has provisions uh, to select uh, the community colleges of the state of Illinois to, to start a whole new degree program. The okay. um, so, um, and, and then uh, I think what you're going to see here is communities like here in East St. Louis, St. Clair County um, I'm not so naive as to believe the Amazons of the world are coming here All right, I, I don't think there's going to be another big 90s tech boom coming here that's going to save, save our local economy but this market exists now it exists in our own home, turf, uh, and the people who should benefit from it are the citizens who live here, and I think this law has that in mind. So yeah. I think you yeah, very much for being part of the conversation today. Uh, I'll be around to the questions if you need it. So I ask. Uh, My name is uh, Alex Edyard and I just wanted to add a couple of brief uh,
3: comments. Uh, one, uh, I am a, I'm a patient. I'm uh, probably the only paid, uh, attorney. Uh, south of uh, Springfield that be willing to admit that they are a medical cannabis
4: patient and have their medical cannabis card uh, under Governor Browner that it took six months to get. Yeah. Uh, there
3: are dead people. Yes. There are people that are dead now uh, because they could not get their medical cannabis cards and yeah. this legislation addresses
4: that. Um, you know, I've I lost clients and I've always lost clients and friends uh, in the war on opioids uh, as public defenders here in this county. people from dying and, and make the state a lot safer. So thank you very much. Thank
1: you. Okay, I'm gonna ask that uh, Senator Chris Belt uh, join me back up here at the podium along with Representative Greenwood for just a q uh before they come over while they're coming i just want to say jeff i absolutely appreciate your energy and your passion <laughs> i'm with of introducing you because i didn't know whether to say local 881 the voice of our working class family or the <laughs> we man I- <laughs> Well, we absolutely appreciate your hard work and dedication and everything that has gone into this bill. We, we appreciate you, Senator Bell, as well as uh, Representative Greenwood. Uh, we, your work speaks for itself. Your determination, your drive, and your energy is much appreciated. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you.
2: Uh, real quickly before we get started with the question and answer period, let me just say uh, it is projected in five years, once this bill matures, once it matures, that the revenue in would be 2 to $2.5 billion a year. We didn't raise taxes, though we taxed the product. We're not putting a tax on the people. And so that's new revenue stream. And that's how you move the state forward. That's how we stay true to our promises in the form of pensions and things like that. That's how we get uh, streets, infrastructure uh, done. Uh, we, we we have to focus on new uh, revenue streams, and that's one big one. Another one is the fair tax, but this is not the time for that. So we'll go.
3: That. So we'll open it up. Oh, we're gonna get it. We'll. Open
2: it up. Okay question? Yes sir.
3: Yes, uh, how many uh, licenses and
2: what is the cost that's going to be distributed? Uh, the the cost would d- depend what on like exactly what are you doing. If it's a cultivation, if you're dispensary, if you're an infuser, if you're a processor. I mean, <laughs> so it, it's based off of what, uh, <coughs> yeah, yeah, <you're> going to <laughs> yeah and we have that information for you so give us
1: so for cultivation organizations it's a non-refundable permit fee of $100,000 the cannabis uh, development business fund fee $500,000 yeah. mm-hmm. and dispensing organizations license a non-refundable permit fee of $30,000 and the cannabis business cannabis development
2: fund Now, do understand that if you qualify for being in one of those areas that the war on drug impacted, it'll be 50% off uh, of those fees for up to two applications. So if it's 100000 if you're going for cultivation, it'll be $50,000 for, for, you know, as an example.
4: A few years ago, I recall some reporting on um, uh, small amounts of marijuana charges being decriminalized. Is that what you were referring to? What well, is, it's, that's it's already
2: been decriminalized. Right, and, and that's, you know, so
4: that, what's the big difference we're talking about here? Can
1: you explain it, that in the really,
2: You know, I'll let the attorney, since I'm not yeah. an attorney, I'll let
4: the attorney. <laughs> <laughs> Essentially,
2: uh, right now, it is a civil law
4: violation. So okay, not instead of criminal law. Instead of a criminal law. <laughs> Realistically, we've not. I don't think many cases are turned. They're not vile. They're not okay, shocking. Decriminalization made it so you were punished for having it. This is setting up an actual marketplace. Mm-hmm. You have to purchase it. Okay, so I was just looking for clarity on that. Thank you. This has always been a huge issue for me, uh, and so thank you so much for you know, pushing this and, and getting this passed, uh, especially as it pertains to, you know, once, I, once I do the connection of the opioid epidemic with regards to veterans, as a veteran, um, the DA, the opioid, has been a huge problem, and there's still resistance at the federal level uh, to describe this. Um, and so my question is, at the federal level, what, what issues, concerns, frustrations, and conflicts, as it stands now, still being illegal at the federal level um, exists and
2: if it were to be legalized and decriminalized at the federal level how much more advantageous would this be? Well it would be big because then you could take it across uh, state, state lines. Yeah. I mean in general every time you take it across the state line you're, you're, you're possibly violating the federal law. And if, 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 if it was decriminalized, if it was made by uh, Federal laws, then it would just the economy would be booming uh, on a on a bigger on a bigger scale, and we just would not have to deal with the whole uh, federal enforcement. Uh, you know that's always out there. You know, and so and, and even in Illinois, we in in this law we we took great pains to make sure that we allow people because Chicago is a big tourist uh, destination. Allow people from outside of the state to to purchase. Now they get to purchase half of what we do. Whatever uh, (coughs) 30 grams of raw it makes me laugh when I raw cannabis. If you're outside of the state of Illinois, then you get to do 15, and it it corresponds all the way down the line. They're half of what we do. But the idea is, if you purchase it here, and say if you're in, in in Chicago and you're going back to Indiana, Indiana say if you're here, and you go back to Missouri. If you don't use it here, in theory, when you go pro- across to, to, to the, to the, the state, state, you could be bothered. It just behooves us to. So go ahead. One point
4: on um, the federal complication that anybody who's going to participate in this indus- industry should be aware of is the federal law complicates your banking business. Yes. Okay. Yeah. A- and there is currently pending federal legislation to try to address the banking thing because of course that's the one thing they'd allow, right, is to figure out the money side of it before they right. figure out the rest. Um, but it's a real consideration for any upstart business. Uh, it's another reason why the provision of the law that provides for some form of loan or lending uh, to people who have been affected by this is a big deal.
2: Right, so it's a consideration. Yeah. Yes, sir.
3: In addition to the permit
2: fees, is there a liquid capital requirement um, for all of those different types of um, industries? You know what, uh, in terms of liquid, I I, I didn't see anything in the legislation that speaks of having cash on hand or or access to cash. That's what you're meaning, right? Liquid. And, but no, but if you are (coughs) awarded a license, uh, help me out, Lord, you have to show uh, in a reasonable amount of time, particularly if you're doing a cultivation dispensary, you have to show where the land is, that you have access to that land in a certain amount of period of time. I, I forget what the time is, but you have to show that, that you have access. You get awarded the license, then you have X amount of days or um, a month to turn around and show that I have a place to put this dispensary, a physical place, or I have land for a cultivation. For dispensary? October 15th, I believe. October 15th. Yeah. What was the question? That's just for the most. Uh, the
1: chance for you to apply the application? October 15th. 15th. a
2: recreation card, you can no longer purchase weapons? Mm. Can mm. we, I don't I know? I uh, know, because it's, okay. it's state, right. you know, it's, 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 it's legal in the state of Alabama. Mm-hmm. Uh You don't need a card come January, you know, okay. you just need to be 21 and older. Okay. So I don't, unless the attorneys have something okay. different than that. It, it is actually out of the
1: state of Oklahoma. Uh, it does, you can get a point card. More new I don't it's correct.
3: Right. And, that's and, that's right.
1: and that's medical. Yes. Did everybody hear that? Uh, no. Well, no. No. So the question was about obtaining um, a FOI card. Well after. I I have my FOI card and my carry carries on the way. I was just concerned about being able to purchase weapons after it like if I were to get a card or whatever was to get a medical marijuana card or recreational or whatever. Mm-hmm. whatever I
2: heard that you couldn't buy any weapons after that point. After you could issue the card, you could go purchase a legal file. And so the answer to that question was again, what, you know, under the rack law, I'll, I'll you. Uh, yeah. Yeah,
1: right. Will there be changes to the process of obtaining a medical card or like um, new instances of if you have a sickness that will be included in that because I know like right now mental illness is kind of a touch and go and it isn't one that's included. Will that be expanded when this comes recreational or any changes to the medical process? believe it if there will be any changes to the medical process, but during this legislative session, there were additional um, uh, different um, illnesses that were applied that you will be able to
2: things were added onto the list <coughs> for medical, medical. well, uh, well medical there,
1: I know right now well what do I looked it was only like so many like five or under ten doctors who you could go to who would actually allow you to go to that patient will that become easier I'm just curious yeah. <laughs>
4: uh,
1: yeah.
2: let me say this right quick and address uh, fee waivers because we were kind of talking about it. The Department of Financial and Professional Regulation and, and the Department of Agriculture will weigh 50% of any non-refundable license application fees up to two applications and any non-refundable fees associated with purchasing a license to operate a cannabis business establishment up to two licenses if social equity applicants meet certain uh, criteria and conditions, and so Department of Agriculture will be over the cultivation, the professional uh, license, professional regulation, and then financial. They'll be over the dispensaries, and so they, you know, they're splitting up the departments like that. Yes, sir.
3: What well, is the House bill number? Fourteen thirty-eight. Fourteen thirty-eight. Then is there a limitation, say, like for the city of St. Louis? Of you're not going to have a dispensary on every block. Is there a way that the state's regulating? Is it by zip code or by
2: population? How there, like how many licenses will be issued? I guess per area. There will be seven licenses issued in this area, and and what they're what they're uh, categorizing this area as is the St. Louis region. There will be seven issued, so it could be from here the solve it won't obviously won't all be here but you know uh it'll be seven in this area
1: yes um, two questions uh, along that same line the current dispensaries are they going to take over the recreational as well as a medicinal number one and number two will there be a different tax rate for the medical card as opposed to recreational current uh, dispensaries can apply for recreational like so would they keep their medical license now? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the second one, was there a different tax
2: rate? Is there a different tax rate?
1: For yes. medical marijuana as opposed to recreational? Yes.
2: Yes. Yes. yes.
0: Okay, well, thank you very much. We'd like to give a round of applause and thank our panelists <laughs> 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 right. Thank you,
1: okay. for your time. Thank you, Senator Bell for your time. I'll ask that Dr you here and join me here at the podium. I want to thank you all for coming with us.